This is the Rational Reminder Podcast, a weekly reality check on sensible investing and financial decision-making for Canadians. We are hosted by me, Benjamin Felix, and Cameron Passmore. So we had a bit of a non-investing-related bonus or special episode today, which was, it, it was pretty cool. Yes, so I was at a, or actually our whole team was at a breakfast, a Christmas breakfast, and we're all sitting at the function just before Christmas, and we saw the mayor was there, mayor of Ottawa, Jim Watson. So one of the team members said, hey, go get Jim Watson. So I walked over and I've seen him around, but I don't know him and invited him to come say hi to everybody at our table. So he said, where do you work? So I told him, he said, oh, long live your money. Which of course in Ottawa, for those who live in Ottawa, know that's our tagline that's I've been advertising on the radio now for, it's gotta be five years, I would guess. Yeah, about that. And obviously associated with Mark Sutcliffe, who's been on the on the podcast, it's him. It's him saying that on the radio. It's his voice. So when he came over, we did a nice group shot and he chit-chatted a bit. And I asked him if you'd be willing to come on the podcast. He said, sure, just reach out and we'll set a time. So got a chance to meet with him uh, yesterday and some interesting questions. Not a long interview. Even though it's short and it's not investing related, it is. It, there's some good, Jim has some good insight into how he manages his time and, and how he thinks about his job and obviously not that many people get to be the mayor of a city like Ottawa so it's it, it's neat to hear how he thinks about the work that he does. Yeah we try to tie it in so if you live anywhere in the world he does talk about Ottawa and how he views Ottawa and how it might be of interest to you no matter where you live so I think it is interesting for anyone. Yep it is interesting for anyone but I guess the, the only warning we have is that if you're looking for the usual type of stuff we talk about like factors and investing this is not that. This is not the one but enjoy it anyway I'm sure you will. This week, we have a very special podcast. We are joined by the Mayor of Ottawa, Jim Watson. Your Worship, welcome to the Rational Reminder podcast. Glad to be on your show. Thanks, Cameron. Roughly half the listeners of this podcast are from Canada, many here in Ottawa, but roughly a quarter from the U.S. and a quarter are from outside North America. So my first question to you, how do you describe Ottawa? Well, we're very proud to be the capital of the best nation in the world without bragging too much. That was, uh, there was a, a study came out, I think, by News and World Report that indicated that uh, Ottawa or Canada had the number one quality of life in the entire world. We're proud of our, our capital city, an open, progressive community that's uh, proud of its uh, green space, proud of its uh, tech sector, well-educated and a compassionate city. You mentioned the tech sector. So Ottawa clearly has a very vibrant tech scene as well as a business scene, not just a government town. Can you talk about the impact that you see that great companies such as Shopify across the street here, which uh, I'm sure you saw on the Globe this week, and they became the most valuable tech company in Canada by market cap. Can you talk about the impact that companies like that have on Ottawa? Oh, it's a massive impact. And I was very, very pleased to see that article as well. I tweeted it out. You know, I look across the street and I see a great success story that started in Toby's basement, basically, as a guy trying to sell snowboards and look what it's it's created. What that does is it helps to keep in mind, in people's mind, opinion leaders and others, that Ottawa really has a massive tech sector, certainly the largest on a per capita basis. We're often overshadowed by you know, uh, Kitchener, Waterloo, or Toronto. But in fact, we have substantially more companies in Ottawa, not on a per capita, just plain 
a number of companies than Kitchener-Waterloo. I think we're often overshadowed and thought of by most people in Canada and perhaps around the world that we're a government town. But the economy is very much diversified. You know, we have uh, hundreds of SMEs in, in the high-tech sector, most of them in and around the Canada area. Canada North uh, Business Improvement Area just put out a study a couple uh, months ago that shows the amount of, of jobs that are created in that area, the contribution of the GDP, and it is very, very significant. And that's one of the reasons why we've completed the environmental assessment to bring LRT to Canada and Sitzville, because we've got to get more people uh, able to live downtown. They want that lifestyle, but work somewhere else other than downtown. And, you know, Shopify has done a lot of great things in the community above and beyond getting us on the map again, but also hiring a lot of people and creating a buzz about Ottawa, which is good for our marketing efforts to well, get more people they, to come They out. are certainly great promoters. I mean, Toby and Harley are very vocal on Twitter about their love for all the capital has to offer. Yeah, and I think that's great when you have the the owners and senior management of the company that are actually boasting about Ottawa. That's a good thing. And they obviously have roots here now, and they're investing in other exciting projects around the city as well in Eastern Ontario. In fact, the CEO of Shopify was on a, a podcast last fall with Ottawa's own Shane Parrish, so a very famous podcast called Farnham Street, phenomenal podcast. And Toby talked about the benefit of building a company in what he called a secondary talent area. And what he meant by that is like in the tech scene, I guess Ottawa would be considered secondary to San Jose. So certainly you're aware of all these cities and the business climate. So how would you react to how Toby describes Ottawa as being such a great place to find talented, loyal workforce that I think he was saying is a bit different, say, from San Jose and other cities? Yeah, you know, we do have a challenge, no question about that in terms of attracting talent because uh, it's a worldwide phenomenon. People can pick up and uh, move somewhere and and work from wherever. That's one of the reasons why in the city budget that I'm proposing we spend an additional half million dollars for a talent attraction and retention strategy through Invest Ottawa. They've been very, very good partners with us. They're our economic development agency. I I happen to be the co-chair. And they need those funds because we have, uh, in any given time, roughly 3,000 jobs that are going unmatched uh, with people. You know, we have a lot to boast about. We have the highest number of PhDs and scientists per capita in in the country. Wow. We have, you know, five great post-secondary institutions uh, here in Ottawa, lots of private colleges that are training people for careers in technology. And, you know, I think it's our collective responsibility to do a better job of first attracting and then keeping that talent here in the city. Good for you. And I think, you know, our quality of life, you know, study after study, Money Sense Magazine for two years in a row listed Ottawa as the the most uh, desirable place to live. We have lots of green space. You can be downhill skiing in 20 minutes from the downtown core. So a couple months ago on our podcast, we welcomed our mutual friend Mark Sutcliffe on. And it was a fascinating conversation. And he talked about how much he is doing you know, through his volunteer work, et cetera, to having an impact on the city. So can you talk about how much impact you have in that kind of way? Because he, he said, you know, if I was mayor, I could do more, but I'm not, but I do the most that I can. But I mean, you're trying to have a long-term impact in your role, but also you have enormous day-to-day people after your time and attention, I would assume, just in your role. How do you, how do you make sure that your vision drives through day after day? Well, I guess a couple of things. I have a great uh, staff that helped me. You know, the, the workload is pretty demanding. I remind people there used to be 10 mayors in Ottawa because mm-hmm. the PN, Gloucester, and so on had their own mayor. 
and there's one now, so I'm not looking for sympathy, but we have uh, three deputy mayors, we have uh, good staff here, and it's really about time management, trying to make sure that you have enough time to spend on your priorities. And my vision emanates from what I campaigned on as my platform, you know, and I went to the people and, and, you know, people said, what's your vision? I said, it's right here. It's in these 10 announcements that I made in the last election. And my vision is to continue with building of LRT and continuing to ensure that we live in an affordable city, that we provide the necessary benefits to those less vul- less fortunate than we are, and that we continue to ensure that economic development remains a pillar of any decision we make. Because for all of the programs that we want to fund, whether they be social or arts or or um, heritage projects, we need the money to do that. And we need a good, strong, firm economic base to provide those jobs. In turn, people provide the taxes to go back into services. How has social media, because you're, you're quite active on, on Twitter, how has social media changed the job of being a big city mayor? Well, you know, I think most politicians have a love-hate relationship with Twitter and, and other social media platform. I think on the one hand, it's a good way to get a message out quickly, and your opinion on, on whatever issue. You know, and the, the other flip side is people have an unrealistic expectation that something's going to get done, you know, within 10 seconds of yeah. them tweeting. And then, you know, there's a there's a negative element where people are rude and anonymous bullying and so on that, that can take place. So, you know, I generally find it on, on a scale of sort of 1 to 10, 10 being helpful, probably about a six and a half, seven. Really? Uh, you know, I, I think it's one of these things where it'd be really hard for a politician to say, I'm just going to quit because I don't like what's going on in social media. One MP on the Hill did that and, and I think he lasted, you know, a few weeks and they realized he got, you know, his fingers were twitchy and he was missing what was going on. But your likability is so high and you're always so connected remarkably to what appears to be every corner of the city. I would think for you, uh, it must be a, just a great tool though to keep your finger yeah, on what's going you know, on. I, I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't, I try to put it in context. I, you know, maybe get, you know, 90% positive comments, 10% negative. Yeah. I think there are a lot of other people. I remember, you know, Kathleen Wynne, you know, I think was just constantly attacked over personal issues and everything else. And and that would, I think, grind an individual down. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I think, you know, look, at it's a way of communicating and communication has to be a two-way street and people want to comment back to you. They're entitled to that. But I just, you know, hope people keep it civil. So I know we're limited for time. So this is my last question. It's one that we ask all of our guests. So you're legendary, in my opinion, for your work ethic and your love for this community. People might disagree with their, your politics, perhaps, but they can't disagree that you're, frankly, a nice guy. I run into you at the airport many times. I've come across you on the sidewalk in Toronto. You, I'm sure, don't remember, but you're always pleasant, said hi, and always seemed interested, which, which I, I appreciate as a, as a resident and taxpayer here. We know there is evidence that people who have a purpose are happier. You always appeared to have a purpose. You're like like you're on a mission. So can you talk about your greater mission and how this makes you happy? Wow, that's a tough question. You know, I've always said that when you really love what you do as a job, it doesn't really feel like a job. So coming in in the morning and working all day and going to events in the evening, you know, the minute I lose that enthusiasm and zeal and and love for the job and the people that I meet, it's probably time to pack it in. You know, there's too many politicians that stay too long and the voters give them a, a well-deserved vacation. I, I just am very, very blessed and honored to be mayor of our, our city. And it's, you know, a double honor to be the, the capital of the, of the, uh, the country. And, you know, what, what makes me happy is that decisions that we make at this level 
can make a difference significantly in the lives and, and well-being of, of our Definitely. citizens. You know, I've served provincially, which I enjoyed, and worked in the federal public service, but I find my heart is here at the municipal level because you can actually make a difference. We don't just talk about housing and housing policy, we build houses. Mm -hmm. and we don't talk about, you know, trying to help people who on fixed incomes ride transit at a greater greater uh, rate with a better fare. We actually implement the Equipass and the Equifare. So there's a real ability to get things done. Sometimes there's an element of unrealistic uh, wishing on the part of politicians or members of the public. We can't do everything for everyone all of the time. You know, your tax bill would be through the roof. And I think we need that balance in political leaders that look at the need to get things done to help people with the other side of the ledger, which is the revenue coming in. And it sounds, you know, a little, a little bit heartless, but, you know, I, I don't want to push more people into poverty by bringing in a tax right. bill of 6 or 7% that will say we can't afford to live in our house anymore. So what is your greatest skill to pull this all off? Well, I, you know, I think what I try to do is to work with members of council so that we develop a, a good sense of, you know, tomorrow, for instance, is the city budget. And budgets are full of great expectations, great surprises, and great disappointments. You know, there'll be expectations up here, ability to deliver down here, some really good surprises that people are pleasantly pleased with, and then some who will never be satisfied that want more and more. And I think if I had some advice to people who are in the lobbying business for more money here, more money there, they have to step back and put their their thoughts in, or put themselves in my shoes. Everyone who comes forward wanting more money for the arts or social services or transit or street cleaning and so on, there's another person that wants funding for something else. And I think we have to, you know, people have to look at this as a pan-city exercise. You know, it's not just your own special narrow interest, even though it's very important to you. And I, I respect that enthusiasm people have about fighting for more money on this project or that project. But, you know, we also have to ensure that we can afford to pay the bills every day. And I think, you know, some people scoff when I say, you know, look, at, you don't run your household the way you're trying to run the city. You know, I only have so much money. I can go get my roof fixed or I can go on that trip to, to you know, Las Vegas or Florida or, or wherever. And you have to prioritize. And that's what I ask counselors and the public, please help us prioritize. And as I think Paul Martin once said, when you have 100 priorities, you have no priorities. So you can't come in with a long laundry list of everything you want to do overnight. Because you know what you may be promising is completely at odds with what I just campaigned on. Mm -hmm. And I believe that when you go to the public and you ask for their support, and they give it to you in overwhelming numbers, you got to stick to your platform and not simply say, oh, well, I can't get it through council. So I think going back to your question, it was a little long-winded on my part, is you got to be able to communicate and over-communicate and work with counselors, staff, members of the public, uh, various interest groups, and you know, come up with policies and practical, pragmatic ideas that are implementable and not just talked about. What a great answer. And this has been a great interview. I, uh, I appreciate you know, how you represent this city and all that you do day in, day out. This has been a great city to, to raise a family, to you know, own a home, and to build a business, which we've been doing now since you know, the early 90s. So we have 20 great people in our office that we've grown nicely. We found phenomenal talent. We do great work for phenomenal people in this town. So, uh, Mr. Mayor, thank you for your time. No, thank you very much, Cameron. I appreciate it.